to him and not us. That's a good thing, I think. Tommy, lead us in prayer, would you please, bud? Thank you, Tommy. Thank you, Tommy. The title of the message is, Have You Been Canceled? What does the Bible say about our cancel culture? Interesting. I think you'll find that sometimes history repeats itself <laughs> as we look at this cancel culture. In Acts 5, there is a story about Peter and the, and the apostles. And in the story, the, the early church has just begun, and, and Peter and the and rest of the apostles had been out preaching, and, and it says that uh, the church was being added to daily. I mean, daily folks were getting saved and coming to the Lord, and, and, and just God was really working miraculously in that time. It even said that people would bring their sick and, and lay them at the, in the street. And that uh, in hopes that when Peter walked by, maybe just his shadow would fall upon a sick person and they would become well. God was doing some miraculous things during that time. But we know that that's not always acceptable in society back then. Uh, the Pharisees and the religious leaders and the government leaders, the Bible says, became jealous because all the folks were just hovered around the apostles. And they ordered that Peter and the rest of the apostles would be arrested and thrown into jail. And that's what they did. They were trying to cancel Peter and the apostles. The Bible says that that night in the, in the jail cell, the angel of the Lord came and, and uh, unloosed their chains and 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 supernaturally brought them out of the prison and and the angel said Peter and the apostles you guys go back to that church that synagogue where you're at and just keep on preaching keep it up keep on preaching well the Bible tells us the next morning the guards started looking for these guys and they looked around and they couldn't find him. They weren't in that jail cell and the, the doors were locked and the outside doors were locked. Everything was locked up and they scratched their head and couldn't figure out how them boys get out of here. Where are they? Well, the Bible says there was somebody that had been down at the church and said, Hey, you looking for them guys? They're, they're down there at the church preaching and teaching. Well, the guards got busy and went down there to the local church there and arrested them and brought them back and put them in, in front of the Sanhedrin and said, did not we tell you guys, we gave you strict orders not to be preaching about that man. You see, the Pharisees and the government officials couldn't even use the name of Jesus. They called him that man. Peter said, yeah, you did. But let me tell you something. We must obey God rather than men. You see, 
back in Peter's day, they wanted to cancel Peter's gospel. They wanted to cancel what was going on. You see, they too lived in a world that didn't like the gospel. You see, back in the day, you would think that this cancel culture is something that is new to us. It's not new at all. All throughout the Bible, we can read about a cancel culture that tries to cancel and, and, and put down anything that is not uh, what they believe is correct. We know that back in Peter's day, they wanted to stop the preaching of the gospel. That was their job. We know that they went and arrested people, put them in jail. You can read about folks that were beaten because of the gospel. Uh, we read about Stephen who was taken outside of the city and stoned to death. You can go back to the Old Testament. You can read about uh, the Christians being fed to the lions, being thrown into the fiery furnace. You see, throughout history, they've tried to cancel the gospel. And we see that today, do we not? We see har churches being harassed today because of what they're preaching. We see that uh, the Bible has been called hate speech and that truth must be eliminated. We see the anger against God's people. We read about uh, people that have been fired from their jobs because of their stance for Christ. Read about a guy this week, a pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays, got fired because he would not agree to what they were doing with the woke environment. And he said, I will not stand for that. And they go, fine, go find another team. We know of businesses that have been sued because of a person's Christian stance. We've been told you must conform to what we tell you to conform. You see, we're living in a culture that says, I am in opposition to anything that the Bible says. They've been trying to take away our norms and our values for, for years now. And boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, we got to be a generation of people. We got to be a generation of faith-believing people that are not wishy-washy, that are not weak, backboned. We've got to be a people right now in our lives that are bold and courageous and be willing to make a stand for the gospel because of what we're seeing today. We can't be on the fence. Some of these days, one day, they will not allow us to be on the fence. And you're going to have to decide what you believe, what you want to stand on. We must be men and women that are faithful to the gospel. And just like Peter and the apostles that had to deal with a cancel culture, you and I are dealing with that today. Well, what do we do about this cancel culture? As Christians, where are we to go and what are we are to think? And I believe that we must um, make a decision now in our lives about what we're going to do with this, with this onslaught of the gospel. I tell teenagers all the time, I say, you have got to decide before temptation comes on how you're going to respond. You can't wait until something comes down 
your, your road and you have to just make an immediate decision. Am I going to go there? Am I going to do that? Am I going to think that away? You've got to decide before temptation ever gets there. And I believe as Christians, we have to do the very same thing. We have to decide now what we're going to do when cancel culture comes to silence the voice of the gospel. You must decide now and not wait because you and I both know we see it and we read about it that I hate to say this, but it's coming even stronger, is it not? And as Christians and people of faith, we have got to know before it ever hits us in the face what we're going to do about it. We must learn to be strong in this type of culture. When the world gets dark, we must remain faithful. The Bible says we are salt and light. If we are not, who will be that? Who will spread the gospel if we are do not? We must be strong in our faith. You know, things haven't changed much over the last 2,000, 3,000 years, have it? I mean, you go back in Old Testament, I just, I just talked about Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We see a picture of, of the cancel culture that they had to live in. You conform to what I tell you, the king said, or I will kill you. Daniel, you can't be praying like that. You can't open them windows and pray and let everybody see you. Cancel culture, trying to suppress him. Peter, Paul, the apostles had the same thing. Tried to suppress what they were doing. Things have not changed much over our history, has it? I thought cancel culture was something new before I started looking at this. It's been around a long time. So what is cancel culture? I want you to know what it is because it comes up all the time. You might not recognize it, but as Christians, we're going to have to deal with it. It is the social attitude that controversial speech and behavior must be punished. They must be punished through public shaming They will use uh, a way to uh, silence us. They will use boycotting. They will use threat. They will use violence. They will use intimidation. When you oppose what the culture says is correct, they will try to silence you very much. I read this week that the department store of uh, Target, Target decided that they would pull their children's wear that was promoting the pride issue, the trans issue, and they were going to pull it from their shelves. And every target in Oklahoma City I read said they were now having to close their stores yesterday because they were all under a bomb threat because they decided to make the right decision in that area. You see, cancel culture will use anything it can to promote their agenda. That's what it's all about. And the end result of their cancellation is to stop you and me and businesses from having in, any kind of influence and any kind of a good reputation so that you will just fade away into the woodwork where you will have nothing, no influence whatsoever in this world. We must be on guard of what's happening in our society cancel culture is policing our speech and our thoughts. Did you know that? They are trying to tell you the words that you can use. 
They are trying to tell you the words you can't use. If somebody identifies, if a little boy identifies as a little girl, we are required according to their thought that we call that little boy who says they're a little girl, we must call them a she. No. You see, they're trying to control what we think and what we say. I've heard of teachers and other people that have lost their jobs because they refuse to do the correct woke pronoun. Nothing but evil in that. Counterculture says truth is what you want to make truth. Truth is what you want to, what you believe. You can decide what truth is. If, if truth is good for you, then that's truth, no matter what it says, no matter what it is. They will tell you that there is no absolute truth out there. Absolute truth does not exist, the cancel culture will tell you. Well, I hate to tell them that that's not right. Because you see, I read a book every day that is absolute truth. And in this book, it tells me absolute truth that every person on the face of the earth is a sinner in need of a savior. This book tells me absolute truth that there is only one way to heaven and that is through Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes to the Father except through me. That is, friends, absolute truth. Absolute truth tells me from God's word that every person on the face of the earth that's ever, ever been born will spend eternity somewhere in one of two places. They will spend eternity in the very presence of holy God or they'll stand, spend eternity in a place called hell, fire and brimstone, weeping and gnashing of teeth where the worm never dies, separated from holy God forever and forever. I'm here to tell you that is absolute truth. No matter what they try to tell you. They require tolerance. <laughs> I love that. They require tolerance for all people, for all truths, <laughs> for all beliefs, all philosophies. They re will require you and I to be tolerant of that, to accept all of that. And if you don't, you will be silenced, you will be oppressed. And when you oppose that, they will call you intolerant. You're not tolerant because you don't accept everything. But when the tables are turned, then we are the ones who are intolerant. Cancer culture says that there's no need for due process. No need for due process. You are wrong. You are wrong. You're wrong today. You're wrong tomorrow. You'll always be wrong. There is no such thing as due process in the eyes of the cancel culture. Sounds like we live in a great time, doesn't it? Peter and Paul and James and John also lived in that same kind of a cancel culture. So what do we do? How do we, what do we do with this cancel culture Christian? How do we survive this? And I hope this is where the message is going to go today. Cancel culture when it is ugly and spiteful and hateful to us. When we are called intolerant, we are called narrow-minded. When we are called like many times that we are hypocrites. And we're very unloving. Because we take a stand for the Lord. 
And they, they call us names. And, and how do we respond to that name? When they say that the Bible is nothing more than hate speech. And that we deserve, as Christians, we deserve the hate that comes to us. We deserve the slander that comes to us. How are we to deal with that? I mean, that's hard. That's tough. How are we to deal with it? Well, Jesus says in Matthew 5, 11 and 12, he gives us some great words of encouragement. He encouraged the disciples back then, and he encourages us today with these words. He says in Matthew 5, he said, Blessed are you when people insult you. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Then look what he says in verse 12. He says, Rejoice and be glad. Well, that's a tough one. <laughs> For your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Wow. When they call you names, when they criticize you, when they slander your reputation for, for no reason. Jesus had an answer for that. He says, you're blessed. When they insult you and they try to persecute you and they try to silence you. He said, you're blessed, and because you're blessed, just be happy and rejoice over that. Man, that's, that's some weird stuff, isn't it? But that's what he said to do, because he said, remember, when they come crashing down upon you, and you stand strong in your faith, remember, your reward is great in heaven, because you are just like the apostles and my disciples back in the day, when they had to deal with their cancel culture. You see, the Bible tells us, does he not? He said, God does not forget the love and the good works that you do in his name. As you minister and are still ministering to the saints, he said, I'll never forget that. So when, when, when you take your stand for, for Christ and they call you hypocrite and unloving, narrow-minded just remember what jesus said in those words i mean I, I i even wrote down in my notes i might need to memorize this verse blessed when they persecute you and insult you because of jesus he says your reward will be great i don't know about you but that that kind of uplifted me some days you know what i'm gonna put that to memory i've already decided luke 6 27 and 28 jesus said this but I say to you who hear my words, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. Man, you know, there's some verses I wish he hadn't put in there. Seriously, there is just some verses I thought he didn't have to go there. I mean, don't you think? Yeah, he goes... Love those enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Wow. Bless them. But then he says what? Pray for them. Pray for them. You know how to diffuse a situation before the situation explodes? Pray for them. Pray for them. Colossians 4, 6 says this. Let your speech always be with grace. The things you say be with grace. 
as seasoned with salt so that you will know how you should respond to each person. Wow. You'll know how to respond when they call you intolerant. You know, you look at those things and those kind, those kind of verses are just kind of off the chart in a sense. Because those verses kind of go against my human nature. They go against what I'm pulled in my flesh to respond to. I don't like to be talked about, harassed, persecuted. I don't like to do that. And in my own flesh, and my own strength, and my own ability, I, I, I can't pray for those folks. I, 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 but you know, it's not all about me and my flesh. Because see, you and I have been changed when we accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior. He gave us a new heart, did he not? He gave us a heart of Christ. And because I can't do that in my own flesh, but through the power of God who lives within me, I can bless those. I can pray for those. I can rejoice when those saints come at me like that. And I can only do it through the strength of Christ who lives in me. That's what he's talking about. You know, that takes a uh, probably a huge submission on our part to God that says, you know, God, I, 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 I cannot Maybe, God, I don't even want to in my own flesh. But because you are my Lord and Savior, because you are my Alpha and Omega, you are my Prince of Peace, I choose to be obedient to your words, Father. And because I choose to be obedient to my words, I'm going to reject what my flesh tells me is the right thing to do. And I'm going to pursue the things I know your Holy Spirit is telling me to do because I choose to be obedient and the mark of a born again believer is obedience to our Lord and Savior there's no place in a Christian's life for hatred revenge, viciousness no place in our lives second thing I want to show you cancel culture is very judgmental did you know that very judgmental they have self-appointed judges <laughs> that want to tell you what is acceptable speech, what is acceptable literature, what is acceptable actions. And when they judge your beliefs, your faith in Christ, when they judge the book that you read, which is the Bible they believed it should be banned, when they judge your lifestyle, and your lifestyle should be stopped, just like they tried to stop Peter's. We must respond in a way that is Christ-like. Boy, I didn't get no amens on that one, did I? We must respond in a way that Christ would want you to respond. Matthew 7, 1 and 2 tells, tells us as his children. It says, Do not judge lest you be judged. For the way you judge, you will be judged. And by the standard of measure, it will be measured to you. We must not be a judgmental people. They might want to judge us, but we in turn can't judge them. Difficult sometimes to see people the way God sees people. God sees people 
sinners in need of a Savior. And how many times as Christians we see them as, man, I hope something happens to them. We must respond in Christ-like attitude. Cancel culture is very unforgiving. <laughs> this, is, this is a good one. <laughs> no forgiveness. They will bring up what has been said and done in the past. And they will say, because of what you've done in the past, you must be silenced. You must be punished for that. You must be oppressed for that. In the council culture, there is no redemption, rehabilitation. There's no restoration in that. You are a lousy person. You are a bad person, no matter what. And there's no hope for you. The cancel culture will say, you are beyond help if you are in opposition to them. Wow. What does your Bible say? Man. Colossians 3.13. Bearing with one another, forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. You see, cancel culture says you are worthless, worthless, worthless. You are a lousy person, and you'll never be any better. But aren't you glad the Bible doesn't say that? Aren't you glad the Bible says, I'm offering you complete forgiveness and the cleansing of all of your sins? Aren't you glad that the Bible says repentance is possible, cleansing is possible, forgiveness is possible? Aren't you glad that it says you are never beyond the reach of God to save you? Aren't you glad about that? I mean, how opposite could two philosophies be? Cancel culture, you are worthless. God says you are valuable. No matter what you've done, where you've gone, in the past, in the present, in the future, The Bible says forgiveness is possible for you. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Don't you get it? Don't you get it? I'm longing for you to come to me so I can forgive you. I'm longing for you to come so I can wipe away the guilt that you might have in your life from your past or your present. Come to me, he says, and I will give you rest Come to me and I will give you forgiveness and cleansing from all unrighteousness. Man, what a beautiful thing as we read the Bible. What a contrast that we see. Nobody is a lost cause according to God's word. I am so thankful for that. You know, there's, there's no place in the Christian's life to cancel anybody. And the reason because of that is... Christ never canceled you. Your sin might have been different. It might not have been quite as big as some of these folks over here. But you still sin. And you still are separated from holy God at one point in your life. And can you imagine if, 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 if God looked at you and said, Well, your sins are way too many. I'm going to cancel you out. Go on down the road. There's no hope for you. He didn't do that, did he? He offered forgiveness for you and I. No matter what we've done, we, we take our sins at the foot of the cross and the blood of Jesus just covers those things and, and wipes them clean. 
And the Bible will tell us because that has happened to you and me. We are to do it to those who are in our sphere of life. We are to forgive. Man, I don't want to. I know. But because you want to be obedient to Christ, yeah, I'm going to anyway. No place for unforgiveness. No place for cancel culture in a Christian's life. Because our Lord and Savior never canceled you. How do we respond? We can respond in our own flesh. We can respond in our own flesh and say things and do things that are not pleasing to God. We can protest in a way that, that makes everybody mad. Or we respond with the love of Christ that's in us. And when we stand strong in our faith, when we say something they disagree with, when we want to protest what's going on there, what would be the one criteria knowing that that if you're standing up and and protesting and and, and going against what, what they believe, the acid test is the things that you do, does it bring glory to God and does it point people to Jesus? When you protest, when you say that's not right, your actions must do that, must bring glory to God and must point them, whoever you're up against, to Christ. And if you can do those two things, whatever you're doing is, is good. That's how you decide whether or not to stand or to walk away. First Timothy 6.11 says this, But flee from these things, you man of God. And, and 9, 10, 11, 9 and 10 verses of, of 1 Timothy 6 there, just talking about some evilness there. But he tells us, man of God, Christian man, Christian woman, here's what you should go after. Here's how you should live your life. You are to pursue righteousness. Pursue godliness, pursue faith and love and perseverance and gentleness. That's what we go after. That's what, what God wants us to do. Ephesians four fifteen is another great verse I think fits within our cancel culture society. And what we're supposed to do as Christians. We speak truth in love. Speak truth in love. Cancel culture will call you unlovable or unloving. But when my boys were growing up and, and they needed to hear the truth, they needed to be brought back into the fold. If they needed to be disciplined, if you would, I loved them enough to do that. That was not unloving, that was love towards them wanting to change and correct their behavior and their attitudes and see that as Christians that's what we must have we must speak the love and truth we must not back down from the truth speaking truth to somebody is not unloving speaking truth to somebody is loving them to the point of being rejected by them but yet we still speak the truth And if they call us intolerable, they call us that. But remember, blessed are you when they insult, persecute you. Because you're just like my disciples 2,000 years ago. 
they went through it too. 1 John 4, 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Wow. You know, I got to thinking in, in conclusion here. You know, they tried to cancel Jesus. Did you know that? They tried to cancel Jesus. They hung him up on a cross, put a crown of thorns on his head, told him to shut up, put nails in his hands and feet and a spear in his side. Shut up. They thought they canceled him, didn't they? They thought they'd stopped it, suppressed him. Three days later, what happened to him? Bang, out of that grave he came. The tomb could not hold him. He is alive and well today, sitting at the right hand of the Father. Cancel culture could not cancel Jesus. Cancel culture cannot cancel God's Word. God's Word has been handed down for 2,000 years, and it will be handed down another 2,000 years if the Lord tarries when He comes. This book right here is the best-selling book in the history of all books. They've tried to cancel this book. They've tried to burn this book. They've tried to do everything they could to stop this book from going out. Cancel culture cannot cancel God's word. Cancel culture could not cancel the disciples. Shut up or we're going to beat you. Shut up or we're going to stone you. Be quiet. We're going to put you in prison and let you rot there. No, we must obey God rather than men. No, we're going to take the gospel around the world. You can't stop us. No, I understand that it might cost me my life. I get that. But I'm going to do it anyway. Because I want to be obedient to my Father. And we know all but one of the disciples were killed for the cause. Only John did not die a martyr's death. And yet... Cancel culture tried to stop the the gospel from going out, and they could not do it. Cancel culture is trying to is trying to stop you and I. Did you know that? And I'm going to say it this way in nice: the jury's still out. Okay, the jury's still out. How are you and I going to respond to cancel culture? Are we going to be like the disciples and be strong and bold and courageous? Are we going to be willing to speak the truth in love but still speak the truth? Are we going to water the truth down so it kind of fits? But when we do, we don't make it the truth. We need strong, committed Christians in this cancel culture world. We've got to stand strong, folks. We've talked about the wokeness of this world last week. We've talked about socialism. We've talked about cancel culture. We're living in it, aren't we? And we must decide, as Christians, are we going to be obedient to the Lord? Are we going to be strong like the apostles? Or are we going to fade away and just blend into the world and allow, allow some culture decide whether or not we want to be trusted with God's Word? I think I'm going to go back to where we started. 
in Acts and the disciples said we must obey God rather than men I got that verse up there that I uh, that I read no that's not it put up, put up uh, Psalm 91 again I want to just finish there what we just read in the opening he will put his guardian angels around us he will protect your tent he will protect your house he is our refuge and he has dispatched angels around you in this cancel culture be strong in the Lord be strong in your faith love the Lord know his word know his word know his word know his word as we begin invitation time I hope I hope you've learned what cancel culture is it is originated from the very pits of hell I want you to know that I want you to know abortion socialism wokeness all that kind of garbage comes straight from the pits of hell I want you to understand that because it is in direct opposition to holy God and his word. We should have nothing to do with it personally when it comes at us because we draw strength from our Lord and our Savior. We know guardian angels are around us. We know that he is our refuge and our strength and our very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we do not fear what's coming around the corner because we serve a mighty, mighty God. No weapon formed against my children will prosper. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. We bow our heads and close our eyes. I don't know how God has spoken to you. Do you need boldness in your life? Courage in your life? Do you need peace in your life because of what's going on? Or maybe you just need Jesus. Do business with our Lord and Savior, please, right now. Decide today what your response will be.